and welcome to the Daddy Saturday Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Batt. I'm also the founder and chief dad officer of Daddy Saturday and the Daddy Saturday Foundation, where it is our goal to impact 10 million fathers in the next 10 years and to end the fatherlessness epidemic. We use this podcast as one channel to reach fathers, to help inform you, educate you, give you tips, tools, tactics, even some dad hacks to help you be a better father and raise good kids that become great adults to change the next generation. I ask you to subscribe to this podcast to stay tuned each week as we bring on expert guests who can provide great tips and hacks for fathers. And also uh, make sure you take advantage of all the Daddy Saturday resources, daddysaturday.com, the Alexa skill, and some of the new tools that we've got coming out by signing up for our newsletter. Well, without further ado, I welcome to introduce our guest today. He is quite the entrepreneur's entrepreneur and has an incredible background as an entrepreneur himself and helping build other entrepreneurs. In fact, he's recently relaunched uh, his second book, a brand new book called Know, Grow, and Exit, How Entrepreneurs Start and Finish Fast. He is a contributor for the New York Times, for Forbes, and he has helped build and scale and grow uh, two businesses to sell the Oxford Center for Entrepreneurs, as well as STI Knowledge and Inc. 13 Company. Without further ado, Cliff Oxford, welcome to the Daddy Saturday Podcast. Thanks for having me. I, um, I love the topic that you have, and it's um, very important, and we're, we're glad you're covering it. Well, thanks, Cliff. You know, I know you've got a big background in media and journalism, and you've written extensively and covered a lot of broad mm -hmm. topics. And as you mentioned, there probably is, in my opinion, nothing more important than the the family as the, the nucleus or the father's role in the family. And so as you've worked with all these entrepreneurs over the years, and, and you've experienced some of those tensions between work and home, you know, what are some of the things that have bubbled to the top for you, Cliff, as you observed this over the years? Well, one of the articles I wrote for the New York Times, and it actually went viral, was, um, you know, there was this always this big work-life balance. And I wrote an article and said, if you're going to build a, a category leader, that's your desire. There, there, there ain't none, as we say in the South, uh, coming from Southern Georgia. And I said, we've got to quit having this illusion and people telling us, you know, there's a work-life balance. Uh, but there is a solution. And, and it's not necessarily balanced. And, you know, how do you do it when, you know, one month we hired 150 people in one month from scratch. And then you go home and, and, and you have your most important assets at home. And how do you balance that? And that's it. What bubbles to the top is for years, entrepreneurs tried to, OK, I'm going to spend eight hours here, four hours there three hours here and what I found that worked and where you could have built a company and also have a, you know, great kids uh, is that when you are there, you have to be there. Uh, when I, when I came home and I, um, when I walked through the door, I didn't have, I didn't open a briefcase. Uh, I did not open a computer. I was there. Now, I'll be honest. I, some nights I got home at 8, 30, 9 o'clock. Um, and uh, when I went to, I didn't make every ball game. I can't, I can't say that I'm a dad that went to every ball game. But when I went there, um, I was left my cell phone in the car. And I was the biggest cheerleader 
uh, on the parent section. So I was as there as much as I was when I was in a meeting trying to discuss a deal. So that was really the balance that I that I found and I have found works for entrepreneurs. Cliff, that is so important. If, if people don't get anything else out of the podcast, that right there, that one thing can change everything. And and frankly, a lot of the, the questions that I get, in fact, I got some yesterday on LinkedIn where some fathers are reaching out asking that very question. They said, Justin, when I get home at night, I have such a challenge of putting my phone down because I feel like there's this anxiety of the work just piling up. And you know, I don't know how to balance that because I want to be with my family, but I also don't want to get behind at work. And so how do I, how do I make that happen? And I think what I heard you say was you had some great boundaries in place where you got your work done. And if it took you until 830 to do the work, you were going to get the work done. But that meant when you came home, you could put That's it away, right. set That's that right. anxiety aside and be fully present and engaged with your family. You know, one of the terms we use in entrepreneurship is all in. And it's true, you got to be all in, but you got to be all in when you're with your family. Uh, and believe me, I made my share of mistakes, but uh, the thing that I saw that really worked was when I was all in. Um, when we went off on Saturday, if we did a trip, um, you know, I was uh, during the, that time, I was all in. So, and that's, uh, I, I think kids realize that you're all in and and they appreciate that. And they also, it helps them understand if you're not at a ball game, um, that when he's here, he's here. And that's, you know, one of the, one of the things I've always done. And, you know, as I look back and my, my two kids now are, um, out of college and they're working and they're happy got for, you know, thank God. But, um, if I if I look back, I would say, um, you know, more time. You know, I, I wish I wish I, you know, we all say this, but you know, more time could have been giving uh, to that. But what but what really worked after years of struggle was just be all in. When you're there, all in. Well, I love that term. I'm a Clemson guy. So, of course, you know, that's Dabo Sweeney's line all in. And we actually have uh, poker chips that we give out for our our foundation. That's really if you're all in on fatherhood, then you get the all in poker chip, um, you know, signifying that that move and gambling of going all in. And and I love that that term, Cliff. It resonates with me. I think it resonates with our audience and, and most entrepreneurs, too, as you said, because the point is that when you add up all those moments and you look at your dad resume, if you will, at the end of the day, it's yeah, the, the time you spent's important, but, but more importantly, probably is the, the addition of all that quality time that you add up and all those micro moments that, you know, they, when your kids look back, that's what they're going to remember. So, you know, Cliff, as you look back on, on your fatherhood, were there any of those moments that stood out to you where was just a special moment with you and your kids where you felt like you're really connected or, it was uh, a, a memory you guys talk about now as they're in their young adulthood. Well, yeah, there are a couple, um, you know, and, and one that still resonates with them and made a, um, that, that we talk about all the time is, you know, every year, um, unfortunately, you know, 16 years ago, Justin, I got to be truthful. I mean, I went through a divorce 
And, um, you know, I, I, they're, they're, what I, I remember the first time they came over, I said, this is not going to work. They were so used to mom and dad being together. And, and I said, this is not going to work. So I got creative. I mean, I'm an entrepreneur. I said, this, I don't like the way this looks. It didn't feel good. And uh, the, Nick and Emily had two cousins that they just loved. The, the cousins were older. My brother's kids were 17 and 18. And, uh, my, and, and, and Lisa and Casey were, were precious to my kids and uh, took up a lot of time with them. Well, I called them and said, look, they were, net, they were living in L.A. And I called them and said, look, if you will come help me, I'll pay for your college here. And Lisa and Casey, with the urging of my great sister-in-law, moved to Atlanta and stayed with and lived with me while they were going to college. And, you know, that was that was so many memories with the, you know, the, the kids love coming over with and Karen, their mom loved Casey and Lisa. So that those moments, we had so many. And one of the things we always did was. Every year, the week before Christmas, we went skiing and um, with all of our family. And we went from the week before Christmas, we'd always come home Christmas Eve. And uh, those were, and they could expect that every year. And uh, that those were great ones. But, you know, one uh, one's very special one. I remember I was at, Emily was playing softball. She was on the Woodward team, and she loved it. She was a great teammate, and it was uh, they were playing for the state championship. And Emily went in in the seventh inning. I remember, I'll never forget it. She went in the seventh inning. Long story short, they were winning three to two, and uh, they the other team had a person on third base, and the girl gets up there and just whacks it to left field. You know, and Emily caught the winning the winning out. So, and I remember when, when she, when the ball was hit, Emily's Karen's mom looked over at me because we knew the ball was going to Emily and she looked at me like, you better not let her drop. And, I was <laughs> <laughs> and we both just, uh, and Emily made a diving catch and caught it. And, um, it was just, it was just the, one of the best moments. I love that story, Cliff, and 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 thank you for sharing all of that because I think it's that that goes back to your first statement about being there, being present, right? And look at that yeah. memory you have of her all these years later catching that ball, and it was because you were there and you were present and engaged. You didn't have your head in your phone when she made that miraculous catch. Absolutely. And, and additionally, you know, I thank you for sharing about your divorce because there are lots of fathers that that, that are listening and that reach out that are going through either a divorce or have been through a divorce or, um, you know, or in a, in a challenging situation in their marriage. And I think what I heard you say that's so impactful and so important, and I hope our listeners didn't miss, is that you didn't let your circumstances dictate the outcomes. And, you know, you, you right. didn't let your circumstances right. change the outcome for your kids. And you did what it took to make that situation better so that your kids would still become great, successful adults. And and I commend you for that. That's, that's phenomenal. Well, 
you know, you've also had the chance, you shared a lot about your own personal life, but in, in your ventures, especially through Oxford, you've had the, the distinct privilege to work with so many entrepreneurs and very successful entrepreneurs, at lots of different levels. And I'm sure this is a topic that has come up from time to time, and you've been able to give some wise counsel around this space. So what are maybe some of the issues that you heard from entrepreneurs when it came to achieving that balance, Cliff, or or maintaining a family and also trying to be a successful business owner? Yeah, you know, um, in the Oxford portfolio, we had, we had over 500 companies, 552. And these were companies, as you know, they were, um, have been successful, but now they're getting ready to scale. So you're at the, I was at the moment when they were taking off they were going to they were going to go up or down in a big way, and that creates a lot of um, uh, you know tensions in a lot of different ways, and good tensions and bad tensions. But uh, the one that you, you know, family, this is a very important topic. Uh, this one always came up, um, and I dealt with it a lot actually. And, you know, um, and when you're, when you're going through it, and especially when you start on the rocket ride, uh, you can get covered up with all the success. You walk in every day and everybody tells you how great you mm-hmm. are, that you win awards. And, you know, we're human beings and, and, and we, we can fall to that and feel like, um, you know, I, I have seen it many times. Women entrepreneurs and men entrepreneurs they say, well, I've outgrown my spouse. You know, I, you know, I, I look at me now and, you know, and, and unfortunately um, I went through a divorce, but you know, my little contribution is I have always advised the entrepreneurs, unless there's some circumstances that just makes it where you can't stay. But what I tell them is this, go home and don't do don't have the biggest regret when the biggest regret of my life was getting a divorce it was it was crazy it was you know i was 29 years well at the time well uh, 34 and i was um you know running the 13th fastest growing company in america but that that that's not an excuse i tell them to go home make a Work it out because here's the thing, Justin. Divorce creates a lot of problems. You don't you don't solve a problem by getting divorced. You create. There's other things. I mean, when you're divorced, who who gets the kids? Who's where? Which clothes? That's your house or my house? Um, who's going to pick it? So there's a lot of other problems that come with divorce, and um, you really have to get your head on straight and understand. Um, you pro unless there's some circumstances where you just can't stay together. Otherwise, you probably got the best scenario you'll ever have in your whole life. You got a beautiful family. You got a business that's growing. You know, stick with that. That if you go from outside of that, I don't know how you're you know how you're going to get any better actually. So. Um, that's what I have encouraged the, the entrepreneurs to do to to realize you've got a you you really got a really great situation. Why you want to screw it up? 
Cliff, I think that's so that's so intuitive because if you think about you know the article you wrote in the New York Times around around balance and you know what you're saying is that if if one side of that equation, whether it's your business or your finances or your family or your role as a father, gets out of balance, then it can, it could essentially cause issues and problems across all of that spectrum. Yes, that's that's what happens and. Then if you, you know, where I've seen the biggest issues is, you know, when you start integrating another family with your family and, 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 and some people have done it very well. Some people do it very successful, but in many cases it creates you, now you've got more problems than you had. I mean, you, 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 you're trying to work with one family, your own family. And so I just tell people, I think there's some, when you're in it, if I could just get this divorce, that's going to make my life really clear. I don't have this problem anymore, but there'll be more problems coming the the way. So many times it's best to stay, if you can, with uh, with your marriage. And, and, and I say that as a guy with a lot of regret. I, I don't, uh, you know, I, 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 I've taught entrepreneurs that because, that was my mistake. I don't want anybody else to make. Well, I appreciate your honesty and transparency, Cliff. And I think a lot of people are learning from just hearing you talk through this process and what you've shared with other entrepreneurs in the past. And I recently heard, you know, the adage, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. I, I've heard someone recently say the grass is brown on both sides of the fence. <laughs> yes. yes, that is right. Uh, you, you, so many people got, you know, and I, I can speak mostly from guys, although it goes both ways. Uh, but yes, that's what they find out afterwards. Um, and uh, then, you, you know, and then a divorce where there's a lot of money involved, boy, that really makes it messy. You know, it's, it's, whew. Um, and, you know, I, I tell you one thing, I have people ask why I haven't gotten remarried. And, you know, I just, it was so devastating. Divorce was so devastating to me. I, I just never, you know, want to put myself at that risk again. Now, I'm not saying I'll never get married, but it, it is a trauma. Divorce is trauma, and um, it's and it's because it, it, it's not, you know. Fortunately, God, thank God, we had resources and we had a lot of things we could do. But the trauma is 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 the it's a huge failure. You know, it's just a huge failure. We have to look at it as a huge failure. Well, I think at the same time, Cliff, you know, as with all failure, you you can either learn from failure or you can let failure take you down. And it sounds like you clearly learned from that and moved on. And and one of the best things that you did and one of the reasons why I respect you so much is that you shared some of your own personal failures, which you shared with us here on this podcast with with others to try to help them not make the same mistakes or avoid that. So a tremendous amount of respect for you for that. Well, Cliff, in our time remaining, I've got two final questions for you. So one, one is more of a lighthearted question. I ask this of all of our guests, and um, and I don't know, you may have a big boat, but if you if you have a big boat or if you um, would would ever acquire a big boat, I'm talking like a yacht. What would you name your boat? <laughs> um, oh, I've gone through the boat phase. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I, I've had the boats, and um, you know, I would probably 
if I had an, another one, I'd probably call it hang in, hang in there. Cause that's what I tell entrepreneurs all the time. Just hang in there and wait for some luck to come along and just don't quit, you know? So hang in there. It would be, that would be the name of me, the name of the boat. Cause that's what I seem to say a lot to entrepreneurs. Just hang in there. Well, I think that that um, actually ties into my final question, which would be if you could give advice to to any parent and any father listening, that sounds like hang in there might also be your advice. <laughs> that would be that would be also the advice. Just yeah. Hang in there. Well, it's so important because it is tough. Life is hard. Business is hard. Being a, a father or a parent is, is difficult. Marriage is also yeah. difficult. But if yeah. you hang in there, you can get through it. Um, and make it on the other side. And clearly you're living proof of that as am I. So thank you for that, Cliff. I'd love you to, to tell our audience um, about where they can find you. Give us some insight on your brand new book, No Grow and Exit, which was just recently released in June. It was like June 18th. Is that right? That is correct. Um, well, you can find me on cliffco.com, C-L-I-F-F-C-O.com. Um and I actually released both books at the same time. I, I really, well, one was one day before the other. Uh, Lambs the Leaders, which is actually a good seller right now. That's liberal arts majors in a business society. That's where I came up with the word lamb to leaders. And this is, I wanted to help liberal arts majors who were entering the business world, which now we have many because they're coming in on the creative side and many are starting their own companies and many are going to work for corporate America. So I wrote a book to ramp them up. I noticed they could make a big contribution when I hired them over the years. But the first four to six months, sometimes they got overwhelmed with all the terminology that we take for granted. So that was a fun book. Lands of Leaders was a, a fun book. And parents, I got, I got a lot of parents making it required reading for their liberal arts majors in the summer. So that was the Lambs of Leaders. The next book was No Grow Exit. And um, that was really the blueprint, how to start, grow, and exit. Because what I have found is, you know, starting a business, there's a few hurdles you need to know. You got to get over it. There's just a few hurdles to get over and you need to know what they are. You don't need an MBA per se. Um, and I say that as somebody who had written an MBA and had it uh, in colleges of uh, entrepreneur MBA, but you just, there's a few things you need to know that you have to know to start a business and to grow and to scale. We lay out, I think for the first time clinically, how you do that instead of just putting it in concepts and theories, clinically, I lay out in the book, how do you, how do you grow? And the exit part, Justin was, uh, when I was teaching over at Emory, <clears throat> I, some research shocked me was 80% of all, of all entrepreneurs who sold their business were unhappy one year later. 80%. Wow. wow. Um, and, and it's because of a number of things, and I won't belabor it, but I will say uh, the culture of the exit between bankers, lawyers, um, accountants, it's an unlevel playing field for entrepreneurs who exits. There's a lot of gotchas in it and they don't really, it, I, 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 this is my opinion. I mean, I'm, I come from the entrepreneur side. I just felt they were not taking the entrepreneur's interest at heart. 
So we came up with a whole reformed way of exiting that levels the playing field for the entrepreneur. Um, and then and the exit go, is a, a whole host of issues that come with that. And secondly, another reason they were unhappy was that was so much their identity. That's that when they lost that identity, they felt like they lost part of their soul. And, and I can tell you, after I lost my, after I sold my first business, I wasn't expecting, I didn't know. I was 39 when I sold that company. I, you know, took the kids to Europe, came home, and every morning at 10 a.m., I was out there shooting hoops at the basketball. <laughs> I had nothing else to do. And now, this was somebody who was waking up every morning for eight straight years, you know, working a lot of hours, really. And I, and I, you know, it was, and I say this because I think it becomes a depression for these entrepreneurs who lose their identity because I would walk, I, I would walk out of a restaurant and go, you know, nobody even cares about me. Nobody, I don't, nobody says hello like they used to when I came in and I was running STI. That was just in my head. Uh, you know, it was just, and so exit part is not just the financial and the terms, which are, are very important. But also, you know, how are you going to make a contribution? What's going to be your legacy? So we covered that in the exit part. Um, and that's really what compelled me because 80% is too high of a number. And I help now companies exit. And one of the things I do, and, I, you know, I've been called a great negotiator and all that good stuff. I, I don't know about all that, but what I do do is make sure they're going to be happy after they exit. What are you going to work on? And I, and I, I can say if you focus on that, you can be very successful with an exit. Outstanding, Cliff. Well, two books in a short time frame and you know all the other contributions you've made through Forbes and the New York Times. We just thank you for the great insight, not only on this podcast today, but that you continue to put out. And I will include links to Amazon for those books in our show notes and encourage any, any parent, um, any father listening that either has a, a liberal arts major going into corporate America, into the working world, get lambs to leaders. And then certainly as a business owner, no matter what stage of business you're in, clearly no grow and exit would apply to you. So thanks Cliff. Appreciate you being on. And as always, this is the Daddy Saturday podcast. Be intentional, be engaged, and raise good kids that become great adults. Have a great Daddy Saturday.